If the Lord... Now, folks, that's the truth. Our redemption draweth nigh. If the Lord Jesus gave in writing these warnings some 2,000 years ago of signs to watch, then certainly it's, it's time to lift up our head. Our redemption draweth at nigh. I want you to notice our text again in Galatians chapter 5. I want you to look at verse number 15. And uh, we could look at all of the passage. It's somewhat summarized in verse 15. He says, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, or this I say in response to this, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want to preach tonight on this subject. Remind me to walk in the Spirit. Remind me to walk in the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I hunger for your will to be accomplished tonight. I pray if there's anyone here that is not 100% sure that heaven is their home and Christ is their Savior, that they would get that settled before this evening comes to a close. And then, Lord, I pray that our attention would be given on purpose. And every person will listen. And, Lord, that there would be no distractions. There would be no disturbances from hearing uh, this message tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> I hesitate to say this, but it is true. I hesitate to say this because I come so short in doing so, but one of the prevailing thoughts I have in my mind is, I want to be like Christ. I want to live like Christ. I truly desire to be a Christian. I do not want to live in sin. I do not want to live in carnality. I want to live like Christ. I have read and studied the word of God and I do everything I can to define and simplify and try to grasp in my mind the meaning of scripture. And as I read and study the word of God, I want to know Christ. I uh, pay attention as the Lord Jesus meets with his disciples and gives them instruction. I pay attention as the Lord Jesus and his disciples serve those around him. I pay attention especially as I read the Gospels. As the Lord Jesus is the express image, he is the, he is the express image of the Father according to Hebrews. I want to know what Christ is like I want to know his behavior. I, I want to know his personality because I want to live like Christ. Of course, Christ had abilities that are beyond our abilities, but Jesus lived his life as an example of us living by walking in the Spirit. And the Bible tells us to follow his steps. Take your Bibles and go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. I wonder what it was like to be with 
Jesus on earth. I wonder what it was like to be around Christ. Uh, Brother Ray MacArthur preached a great message in the men's retreat on Saturday morning. He talked about John. His message was about John, but he talked about John and Jesus being the same age and growing up together. And he said, can you imagine John having a friend like Jesus? I mean, Jesus never did wrong. And, and he said this, he said, hey, can you imagine them saying, who broke this? Uh, who did this? And John said, it was Jesus. And his mama said, I know it wasn't Jesus. I mean, can you imagine having a friend like that? And, uh, but, but, but I wonder what Jesus was like. I wonder what it was like in his childhood. I imagine him as just a 12-year-old boy sitting among lawyers and doctors and folks that are greatly and highly educated. And Jesus is having conversation with them and uh, in fact is convicting or intimidating that crowd. I think of the life of Christ when he entered his earthly ministry. I think of those 40 days of prayer and fasting before he entered his ministry. I think of how when he made decisions like that of choosing the disciples, he would spend a day and a night in prayer. I think of the times of his prayer and fasting. I think of his relationship with people. I think of all those stories of they're in the storm and the Bible says that Jesus is in the hinder part of the uh, ship or uh, the hinder part of the boat and he is asleep. And I just wonder what it was like to be like Christ. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to follow his steps. Are you with me tonight? That's what we're supposed to do is follow the steps of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 21, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. I wonder what it was like uh, uh, to be with him when decisions were being made. As I was working in the office this afternoon and doing some work in regards to the college and, and the Christian school, I had the thought, how would Jesus deal with this situation? I, I think of that every day. I think, what would Jesus do in this situation? I'll be honest with you. I've never understood how people who want to be a success in life, they like somebody they know, whether it's in business or sports or finances or politics or whatever the case may be, when it comes to, uh, they want to be like the best. They want to be like the champion. But when it comes to living the Christian life, I've never understood this. We always want to be just a little bit better than someone else we know. Uh, we want to justify our life and we want to live not by the highest standard, but just as an acceptable standard. But in every area of life, we want to be like the best. We want to be like the best sports player or whatever the case may be. Should it not be the case, teenager? Should it not be the case, college student? Should it, not be, uh, the, the, should it not be the right thing that we should desire to be like Christ? Should it not be? Uh, for example, when it comes to the major attributes of Christ and how he lived in response to the world, how he lived in response to the people around him, 
And he didn't come to live in response, though he did respond to them. He came for the purpose of dying on the cross, uh, going uh, to the grave and raising from the grave. He came to uh, deliver. He came to fulfill the law. Uh, He was hated. He was mistreated. He was crucified. And uh, how he lived in response to the world uh, is amazing. I I, I listed uh, ten things about Christ, that, and and we could list a thousand, but I listed ten. Ten things about Christ, and I said, I want to be like him at least in these ten areas. I think of Christ as a person of mercy. Christ did not give others what they deserved. Mercy is not getting even. It's not, it's, it's not giving someone something that they deserve as far as punishment or what have you. But mercy is being kind rather than being unkind to someone that's been unkind to you. I think of the grace of the Lord Jesus giving what is not deserved because of who he is. The psalmist said in Psalm 103 verse number 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. I think number three of Christ is being a person of forgiveness. And then I'm supposed to give as Christ forgave. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. Luke 23, 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. He's on the cross of Calvary. For they know not what they do. And they parted his raiments and cast lots. They cared nothing. They had no pity. They had no care. They had no concern. They were gambling for the clothes of Christ. And Jesus was pleading their case. Jesus was saying to the Father, Father, forgive them. I mean, above the gamblers who had had no passion, who had no care for the Savior that was paying for the very sin they were committing at the foot of the cross and the words of Christ, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I think of the love of Christ. When we think of love, we think of loving something for what it does for us. Christ never loved in that way. Christ loved for what he could do for them. His love was not in response. His love was to give someone what they needed to help them. Ephesians 5, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. And he gives this example, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I think of Christ, number five, as having uh, the characteristic or the virtue of being faithful. Uh, you, you, you could always depend. He was consistent. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I think of that and I think my, my responsibility is yield to the will of God for my life. I'm to be faithful to the call and to the cause of Christ. Faithful, consistent. Number six, I think about him being a good person. And not just being good, but the Bible said he went about doing good. In the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I don't want folks to classify me politically as a Christian. I would like for my behavior to be known as that of Christ-like. In fact, the name Christian was not a self-ascribed name. It was a name given to the people who were believers and followers of Christ and they so behaved like him, they called them Christians. I want to be like Christ. I hunger to be like him. The Bible says we're to follow in his steps. Number seven, I think of this attribute of Christ being just or being fair. Always according to the word of God. Whatever the Bible says, whatever the word said, he was always just. He was always fair. Proverbs chapter 11, the Bible says of the Lord, A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Everything, when you think of the virtue of honesty, when you think of the virtue of integrity, you think of the virtue of being just or being fair. I think of Christ as one who was holy, who was holy. I, I, I want to live a life that is clean, that is holy, holy within, holy without, pure and righteous. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doth righteousness is born of him. I read that verse again. If you know that he is righteous, how many of you believe Jesus is righteous? He was righteous. And the Bible says, uh, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. I think of his surrender to the Father. The Bible says in John 8, 28, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. I think of his witness. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to give the gospel truth. He said, I am the truth, the life, and the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Mark chapter 1, verse number 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. If Jesus were here, he would give the gospel. He would say, as he said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He would not let an opportunity of conversation pass without knowing one's a choice of eternity. He was a preacher of the gospel. Now, if we are Christians and our goal, our purpose is to be like Christ, we need to know what Christ was like. And we need to make the decision. Are you listening to me? I want to be a Christian. I want to be Christ-like. I want to be like Christ in these things. I so often fail, but I keep trying. And I'm going to continue to try I want to give you something very practical tonight. You know one of the main reasons we fail to live like Christ is we don't think to yield to the Holy Spirit. We don't think. We, we don't think. We don't, we don't think in every situation. Now wait a minute. If I'm not careful, I'll yield to my flesh. Because my flesh has a natural response. 
I don't want to yield with my natural flesh, so I must be reminded. I must put reminders in my mind. I put, must put reminders in my life. Yield to the Spirit. Yield to the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit make that decision. Let the Holy Spirit answer that question. Let the Holy Spirit solve that problem. Let the Holy Spirit help you in the decision of discipline of that child. Help, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with attitude uh, before it becomes action. Asking and yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. Now it's my nature, it's my natural thought to be angry when my flesh is crossed. It's, it's my natural feeling to be selfish. It's my nature to get even. But the nature of the Holy Spirit, oh, listen to me, that lives within me, the nature of the Holy Spirit, it is a Christ and to be like Christ. And so rather than listening to and following the flesh, I must yield to the Holy Spirit. Oh, but listen to me, we don't think about it enough. And we oftentimes, we don't think about yielding to the Holy Spirit until we have said or done something in the flesh and we say, oh, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. That was so, that was so foolish. What happened was I did not think, I did not think to yield to the Spirit of God. I must have every reminder to yield to and to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I must put those reminders in my life. And I'll not take the time, but if you start in the book of Genesis and especially emphasized in the book of Deuteronomy, he reminded of the importance of reminders. Everything from tying a string on your finger to putting scripture on your forehead to putting plaques on the wall, to putting signs on the gateposts coming into your house, reminders to yield to God. Reminders to yield to the Holy Spirit. My flesh, rather than mercy, wants to get even. I don't want to have grace. I don't want to be kind when others don't deserve kindness. I don't think in my flesh of forgiveness. I think of anger. And quickly, Paul talked about the importance of crucifying the flesh every day. And how many reminders do we have to yield to the Holy Spirit of God? I need to keep in mind the importance and the reminders of yielding to the Spirit. Let me give you five quick, nothing new, just, just reminders. Number one, when I read the Word of God in the morning, it reminds me to yield to the Holy Spirit of God. When I read the Word of God, so many stories. I'm in the book of Psalms right now and finishing Romans in my Bible reading. I'm in Psalm 105, I believe, tomorrow's Psalm 105, 6 and 7. And uh, Romans chapter 14, I believe that's where I am in, in my Bible reading. And in and, and, and all of that, reading the Bible reminds me, hey, it's not your way, it's not your way, it's God's way. 
That's why I read the Bible. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to mark every box. I'm not trying to just accomplish a goal of reading the Bible. My reading the Bible is a yielding to the Holy Spirit. And he gives me instruction on how to do that. I need the reminder in the morning of reading the Word of God. In fact, the psalmist talked about evening and morning and at noon three different times. Why? Because we're prone to forget. We're prone to wonder. We're prone to be led by the flesh and led to be selfish. Oh, but thank God the Holy Spirit lives within us. And if we just have reminders and we think. One of the dumb questions a dad says to his son. Son, what were you thinking? Well, nothing. He wasn't thinking that's why we do dumb things is we don't think. I need to read the word of God as a reminder to yield to the Holy Spirit. I need to spend time in prayer. Prayer is a reminder, not just in the morning, but we ought to begin our day yielding to God in prayer. This morning's message from Psalm 84 came from a recent reading in a family devotion and reading Psalm 84 in a family devotion and looking up the word again, amiable, and the house of God being a place that is pleasant, a place that is friendly. And I went after a devotion and in my office I read Psalm 84 again and I began to color the psalm as I preached this morning. We need to, we, we need to read the word of God and we need to pray. That's a reminder to yield to the spirit. Number three, I need the reminders of being in the right company, the reminders of being in the right fellowship. Now we could, we could talk about all of these each in a sermon, but I need the right company tomorrow. I need to be in the right fellowship tomorrow. Now, I won't be with Christian people all day tomorrow. In fact, I'll, I'll fly to Atlanta and I'll have to remind myself, yield to the Spirit, yield to the Spirit, yield to the Spirit. And, uh, uh, and I'll, then I'll get on a plane. I'll go to Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, uh, where I'll preach tomorrow night in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, the Lord willing. But my choice of fellowship, my choices of fellowship will not be with people that use God's name in vain. It will not be with people. It will not be the influence of the internet. It will not be the influence of television. My choice of fellowship will be with people that will remind me walk in the Spirit. I need every reminder. Do you know most of the time we fail, because, not because we plan to, but because we don't plan not to? I'll give you the fourth thing. Reminder by going to the right places every week. Even though you have heard what I'm preaching tonight, you've heard it in different fashions, in different manners, in different presentations. We need to be reminded again tonight, hey, it's the importance of being reminded to yield to the Holy Spirit. That's what helps me to be like Christ. I need Bible preaching this week. I will listen to three or four sermons uh, this week as I do most every week because I need the preaching of the Word of God. I look forward to hearing Brother Dallas preach tomorrow night and Tuesday night. Now listen to me, and I, I, I close with this, and it'll take me a little while to close, so you don't have to put your shoes on just yet. There is a grave danger in forgetting. It is amazing to me, if you study the word forget, forgot, forget, forgetting, throughout the Bible you'll find that the major mistakes in the word of God, they weren't made because of rebellion. They were made just because of simple forgetting. 
and day by day getting further. That, that's what parenting does. Parenting is a constant reminder to our children, let's do right, let's obey. You can't do that, let's do this. No, you can't eat that, you have to eat this. That's what parenting is. I have to yield to the Holy Spirit that parents me and guides me. Let's do just a little bit of Bible work in closing here. Deuteronomy, if you will, Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. I love to take the Word of God and try to make it just as simple as I can to write down every word and the definitions, what it means, because I don't read it to read it. I read it to practice the Word of God. So here's what he says. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's look at verse number 23. Take heed unto yourselves. Pay attention. Lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. He didn't say a word about rebellion. He didn't say a word about it. He just said, be careful. If you're not careful, if you don't pay attention, you're going to forget the covenant that you made. You're going to make an idol, and you're going to do something that's displeasing to God just because you, don't, because you forget and you don't pay attention. Pay attention, he said, take heed. He told the children of Israel, put a signpost up, put a plaque on the wall, tie a string around your finger, put, put, put the scripture on your forehead, let it remind you. Oh, folks, we need reminders of walking in the Spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I can't preach all these verses. Let me read them. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 11. Deuteronomy 8, verse number 11. Here it is again. This is just a sampling. Deuteronomy 8.11, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. Look at verse number 14. Then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Look at verse number 19. And it shall be if thou do and all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. Three times in this one chapter, he said, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. If you forget, you'll get lost. If you don't pay attention to the road, you'll get on the wrong road. If you don't pay attention to your behavior, your behavior will be wrong. Take your Bibles and go to Psalm number 9. Psalm number 9. I'm giving you a sampling because I want you to see the importance. Most of our mistakes in life are not because of rebellion. It's not because that we get up and say, Lord, I rebel against you today. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I just don't think. I don't spend time with God in prayer. Don't spend time uh, yielding to the Spirit. Don't spend time in the Word of God. And I go out and I live according to the flesh rather than yielding to the Spirit. Psalm number 9. Look at verse number 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not men prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Notice chapter 78. Notice chapter 78. Psalm number 78. Seventy-eight, verse number seven. Verse number six: That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Verse number seven: That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. There it is again. 
forget the works of God. Tell your children so much how great God is that they don't forget how great God is. Every person in this room, you've gone to the store and you've bought something that you forgot you already had. Because we don't think. That's all right when it comes to bread and eggs. Hey, folks, it ain't all right to forget to walk with God. I want the blessings of God. If I'm going to live like Christ, I have to do it on purpose. Psalm 106. Psalm 106. This whole chapter is about what happens when you forget God. Psalm 106. Psalm 106 is like Romans 1. I'll not read it all, but you'll get the gist of it. Praise you the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Verse 4, remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto the people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known he rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. They believed they, they, believed they his words. They sang his praise. Verse 13, they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. After he'd done all of that, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. I'm going to stop reading right there. But every bit of that, all of the judgment began when they forgot the goodness of God. I tell you what, let's do. Remind me to walk in the spirit in the morning. Remind yourself to walk in the spirit tomorrow afternoon. Remind yourself tomorrow evening, yield to the Spirit of God. If you did a study of how many sins were committed, how many, how many mistakes were made, not because of rebellion, but just because they forgot. You miss one church service and then it's two. And then it's four and then it's a month. You miss reading your Bible one day and you miss reading it two and then three. And then you can't remember the last time you read the Word of God. And you miss your prayer time. And again, 
and again. And you get to the place you can't remember how long it's been since you got a hold of God in prayer. And the mistake is not that. I'm just tired of loving God. I'm just tired of all his blessings. I'm just going to rebel. No, you don't do that. You just forget. Isn't that an amazing thing? How simple it is to serve God just to give myself a reminder. And as many as I need, what would Christ do? What does the Bible say about that? How would God deal with that? Let's remember to yield to the Spirit. Stand with me if you will. Our heads